I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Welcome into the Crimson Corner Podcast. It's powered by KSLSports.com. I'm your host and Utes insider, Trevor Allen. So good to have you guys on. have a great show for you. Coming up, we'll talk to future Utah Hall of Famer, Eddie Johnson, who just received word that he will be inducted into the Utah Athletics Hall of Fame, along with a lot of other great athletes. It is the most accomplished class in Utah athletics history, so we'll talk to Eddie about that. He played for Utah in the late 80s. As the star running back, he held the rushing record at Utah until Zach Moss just broke it this year. So I have a great conversation coming up with Eddie Johnson. But first, I want to talk about something that came out in the news on Monday. So of what the Pac-12 is doing, they are having three of their football coaches on a media webinar each day this week. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And on Monday... It was USC head coach Clay Helton, Stanford coach David Shaw, and Washington State head coach Nick Rolovich. And they were asked about what we're going through right now with this pandemic and kind of the uncertainty of college football and what are some of the possible scenarios that that the coaches have been talking about with the uh, commissioner Larry Scott along with the ADs and obviously other conferences around the country. And Clay Helton mentioned that that they've looked at an 11-game schedule where you just play your conference opponents. And that would mean you would have one less game in the regular season, and you also would not play your non-conference games, your three non-conference games that each team gets in the Pac-12 each year. And for Utah, that's BYU, Wyoming, and Montana State. Now, I also wrote about this over at kslsports.com. If this was the case, if they did 11 games and you just faced every single Pac-12 school because right now the way that it is structured as far as scheduling in the Pac-12, you play nine conference games, you play everyone in your own division, so for Utah it's everyone in the the, uh, South Division, and then you play everyone up in the North except for two teams. And for two years in a row, you don't play those two schools in your conference schedule. And so Utah is in their, their last season of not having Oregon or Stanford on their schedule. So then that means that Utah would then play Oregon and Stanford. The way I look at this, this is a very positive thing for Utah if if this indeed happened. Because to me, the BYU game, it's a great game in this state. I'm not going to deny that. But for one, it's not very competitive anymore. 
Utah is winning every single game. I mean, they're going for their 10th straight win this year if it does play that way. And, yeah, while a lot of the games have been competitive, but the last couple have not. And, you know, the fact that Utah beat BYU at home when they were down by three or four touchdowns and they had their backup running back and their backup quarterback bringing them back into the game to win says something, and then you go down to Provo and just hand it to them, run all over them. I don't think it's a bad thing if Utah just played the uh, Pac-12 schools because then you get a chance at Oregon, you get a chance at Stanford, and both teams lost a lot of talent but are also bringing in a lot of recruits that are going to be very good for them. And I think it's more of a challenge for Utah to add Stanford and Oregon to their schedule than it would if you had those three non-conference games. Because to me, BYU is the only one that is going to be challenging in non-conference this year because they have a lot of players coming back. Utah lost a lot of talent, but they've also reloaded as far as their, their signing class. They have a lot of good freshmen coming in into the program. So I don't think it's the worst thing. Then Kyle Whittingham said on Tuesday, the guys on his webinar were Carl Durrell, the the new head coach at Colorado, and Jimmy Lake, the new head coach at Washington, joined Kyle Whittingham on on this call that was uh, available to the media. Kyle said that he hadn't heard of the 11-game model that Clay Helton was talking about. He heard about the 9-game and the uh, 10-game model, and he's all for it, as he should. But Kyle Whittingham is more worried about getting the actual season in. He doesn't want to trim games. He also said that in a perfect world, that the ideal scenario that that he wants is to play the full season with fans and start on time. And then he said that the odds are probably against that. But then you look at it as, okay, if we end up starting on time, but we, you know, trim back games, we don't play as many games then that's a, you know, a thing to look at as well. But then if you're going to trim games, do you trim your non-conference games? I mean, obviously you're not going to trim Pac-12 games. So the BYU game, the the Wyoming game, and also the Montana State game are going to be the first ones to go. And only one of those games is on the road, and that's at Wyoming. To me, I think regardless, it's going to play out well for Utah. You guys can check out the full story over at kslsports.com. Time to welcome in our next guest here on the Crimson Corner Podcast, former Utah running back legend, now Hall of Fame running back, Eddie Johnson. Eddie, how are you, man? I'm doing great. How about yourself, Trevor? Doing really good. Now, i got to ask you, what was it like when you found out that you were going to be in the Utah Hall of Fame? <laughs> you know, it was shocking, um, but very, very excited. Um, what put the icing on the cake is when Kyle Whittingham called me because, you know, the big guy just doesn't call anybody out of the blue. Yeah. But he called me and um, it just made it that much sweeter. So I was so much, so much excited about uh, that it happened. So what did he tell you on the phone call? Like when, when he was telling you you're in the Hall of Fame, what did he tell you? Well, he said when he heard my name was selected this year, and we have a very good relationship. You know, my boy played for him, and he's just been scholar and, and officer and a gentleman, and and great to my family and I. Any relatives that I have, um, they, I'm pitching them to Utah first because I want them to play for Kyle before he ever decides to retire. Yeah. Um, but uh, when he called me and said that, he just basically said, when I saw your name, I had to call you. I had to congratulate you. You're well-deserving of it. And I said, man, 
thank you so much, Coach. And uh, it just makes it that much sweeter that you called me. I said, I'm so excited now. So uh, it was a great conversation. So what was your first reaction when Kyle told you you're going to be in the Hall of Fame? What immediately went through your mind? Wow, you know, that's a good question. It was just, first of all, I was excited that Kyle was calling me. I mean, maybe he was offering a job, you know? <laughs> I didn't know why he was calling me. You never know. <laughs> hey, I could coach the running backs. I yeah, mean, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But um, when he called, um, I was just worried. I hope it wasn't about my son or something like that. He called me. And he told me, so I didn't give it that much thought. And then when he did it, it just all set in. You know, mm -hmm. it's been a really interesting year because, as you know, Zach Moss has just broken my record. So it's like... Which stood for a long time, by the way. Yeah, it sure did. And But it was after someone breaks your record, the guy who, you know, just got his record broken just rides off into the sunset. You know, you, you don't... Don't care about number two. It's all about yeah. number one now. You know? Yeah. Well, and now they're you know saying, okay, Eddie, we're we're, we're not just going to have you ride off into the sunset yet. Yeah. yeah, Zach, Zach did you know break your records, but we're we're going to pay you back a little bit for that. You know what? And I was very excited for them. You know, I, I University of Utah is a class act, and I actually they about five or six years ago, I was at one of the um, uh, events that they had, and they were talking about it back then, and kind of went through my head back then, but nothing happened, you know, forgot all about it. And all of a sudden it comes out of the blue. So when I was least expecting it, I received it. So, you know, and, and, you know, it's just an exciting part to just having it because with all the COVID-19 going on, uh, it's going to last all the way until next year, supposedly. We might not even have a ceremony. But, yeah, I really hope that, that that's not the case. You know, if it does, you know, it's just being elected. Uh, my name's there. It's all good. It's all good, man. So it's not, not, it's not that bad. I mean, you're, you definitely, you know, should be in it. And I'm glad that, that they were able to get done. But now, have you heard the other names that are in class with you? No, I have not. I so anything. a guy named Alex Smith. Did Alex get it? Alex oh, is no. in there with you. This, this is one of the most accomplished classes in the Utah Hall of Fame history. This is great. Um, so, so you have Alex Smith, Andrew Bogut wow. is on there as really? well. Yeah, Andrew Bogut. So, so two guys who went uh, number one overall in their yeah. in their classes. And then uh, let's see, there's there's uh, Amy Hogue who, who coaches softball now, but she was a hell of a player back in the, in the '90s yes. for Utah. And so, you got some pretty good company there as far as in that Hall of Fame. You know what? That's exciting. Thank you for telling me that. That makes my night, I tell you, because those guys, you know, obviously I'm older than those guys, but just to see them from being youngsters when I was at the university and then growing up to where they are today, uh, they're at the top of their game and, and exceeded that. So it's great to be among those type of players right now. Not to mention the old guys, the guys that are already in. <laughs> yeah. When you finished your career at Utah, did you think you would be in the Hall of Fame? I didn't even cross my mind. It didn't even cross my mind. And when we were talking about uh, all the accomplishments, the, the touchdowns, the uh, most yards, uh, most yards in a career, none of that crossed my mind. I was enjoying playing the game. Um, obviously, I wanted to win. Um, we were a sub-500 team in the WAC conference at that time. So my biggest thing was trying to win and trying to take my team to another level. Plus, the injuries came about. I was yeah. 
you know, my junior, I had a, a decent junior year. And in my senior year, I was touted to go in, in the you know, early rounds of the NFL draft. And my second football game, boom, blew up my knee my senior year. So, you know, things happened. I don't know if you want to say for reasons, because I hope there was no reason for that. Yeah. But it happened. And you just, things change. And, um, but I didn't expect to be in the Hall of Fame. I didn't expect all the accomplishments I have. I just thank the good Lord that he saw fit for me to be chosen to be, to be able to do it. I tell you what, I, I, I wish that you hadn't blown out your knee because I bet you would have had a long career playing pro. It would have been nice. It would have been nice. It would have been nice. I, you know, I look back at it now. We did have, you know, a strength coach and all this. Just the way they train nowadays is so much different. Back then, all we did was train for strength, 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 be the strongest, you know, bench press the strongest and, and squat the strongest. Now, those guys don't even work out heavy weights as much. Everything is endurance, you know, longevity, more uh, sprinting up the hill, more just uh, lighter weights and a lot of reps now, you know, mm -hmm. burnouts. That's how they last longer in the field. Back then, you work in your short muscles where you pull a lot of muscles and create injuries and so uh you know it's just different nowadays and, and, and you can see how these guys perform on the field someone you you brought up earlier was zach moss the guy who now hold, holds your record he got drafted in the third round of the draft he's going to a buffalo what are your thoughts about him going to play for the bills that is awesome i think i think he fits that system great you know uh uh, the way they run the ball, uh, he is a ground and pound type of guy. And he can juke you and get out of there. And he can catch out of the backfield. You know, I mean, you can say that about most of the football teams, but the way they run their spread offense and the way they run the things that they do, I think he's going to be perfect for that. And then Zach's the, the perfect guy for it. And the last time I saw him, I just told him, Zach, you know, 90% of this game is mental. You just keep that head on straight, man. I know you're going to be physical. I know you're going to do that. But be smart because you can't take the same kind of punishment you took in college and in, in the pros. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to last long, man, because he liked to run everybody over. You're going to be able to do that, but, you know, preserve your body, but be smart, you know, and always think that you can. Never let your body tell you you can't. I know that uh, when, when you and I talked last, it was when Zach was really close to breaking your record. It was actually the week of, of that game, and you and him hadn't talked yet. Now you and him have talked, it sounds like, quite a bit. What have some of the conversations been like, especially when, when Zach broke your record? I know you and him spoke then. Yeah, and, 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 then, and basically I'm talking about that conversation. I haven't had very many conversations with him. He's a very busy man. He had, you know, the rest of the season to play, and he did extraordinarily well. But that was my biggest um, take or what I wanted to give to him because so many guys quit playing uh, football before it's time. And the reason why they do it is mental. And they get injuries. They get this and then that. And they say, oh, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. But their body still can, but they can just get through that mental aspect of it. And I yeah. see it so many times with so many friends that I've gone through and even uh, college players, you know. And uh, mentally, you have to stay strong. If you just get an injury, just say, hey, I'll be back and I'm going to do this thing and don't give up too early that is my that was my biggest take he can he can be a you know his his mind he can take his mind to an elite level where he can play 10 to 12 years if he puts his mind 
to that aspect. And I know he can. Something that is probably going to be really strange going into this season, if there is a season, you know, with, with all, all that's going on, say that there is a, a season. They didn't have spring ball this year, which for the Utes, it's going to be a little bit different because they lost nine starters on defense and three key starters on offense. You know, as a guy who played college football, how hard is it going to be to get ready for a season when you didn't have spring ball? Oh, man. And that's the time you want the younger guys to showcase themselves, too, you know. But this is the only catch to this. Everybody's in the same boat. <laughs> you know, hopefully nobody has an edge. Um, you know, you're obviously going to see guys maybe meet up somewhere in a park and maybe do some things. Maybe the offense did seven on seven. Nobody knows really what happened. But the main thing is everybody's in the same boat. And you're all going to start from square one. Now, obviously, it depends on the athletic ability that what team has what kind of athletes that they have that can catch on to a system fast enough to be able to take you and get you some wins. If, if they didn't have spring ball and they're going to start with square one, it really depends on the guys that they recruited. How fast can they pick this thing up? And that's where it's all going to start. Something that you mentioned was uh, getting a, you know, a, a team and guys who could get you a lot of wins. Something that the Utah had last year was a lot of them. They had 11 of them. The thing was is that they went into that Pac-12 championship game against Oregon. Had they won that game, I think they would have very well been into the college football playoff. But obviously that didn't happen. Then they went on to lose in the Alamo Bowl to Texas. What are your overall thoughts on that Utah season where you now have seen seven guys get drafted into the NFL and five more guys sign free agent contracts? Absolutely. You know, one thing that I, I read just recently is uh, Kyle, number three, five, at taking three-star players and making them champions, you know? I mean, that's a talent that you just don't catch. That's what makes him a great coach, you know? Uh, I think Rick Majerus, I, I was around that time with Rick Majerus, he was the same type of guy. Take these guys that hardly ever got drafted, and all of a sudden they're getting the first-round draft or second round, and that's the kind of coaching you're getting from the University of Utah. So if you're getting that type of coaches, I know that they can whip these guys into shape. Now, the, the downfall is, is for some reason or another, the later part of the year, that we're all ready, the fans are all ready, and they take a little downward spin. Um, and it, it, there's a couple of factors that could have been to play. Maybe the time off, um, you know, injuries. There's so many different factors that could have played during that time. But you're right. If they would have beat Oregon, man, if they would have beat Oregon, that would have put Utah on a different pedestal. And so we're still trying to just get over that peak. You know what I mean? I, to, to my knowledge, we're still trying to, yeah, we went 13-0 or 12-0 and 13-0. Yes, but we're still trying to get that respect. Yes, we're a tough team. Yes, people look out for us. But getting over that hump to be the elite where we need to be, that's where we have to win those championships, the, you know, the Pac-12 championships and make it into a very high talented bowl game next year to be able to be among the elite. You, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I think mm -hmm. we're not getting that respect yet, although they know who we are, but we still need that respect to where we need to be. Something that I've done during this whole pandemic is, you know, obviously without having any live sports, I'm having to kind of get creative as far as content. And I've, I've talked to guys from those two teams who didn't lose a game in those seasons. 
And I feel like that in that uh, 2004 season, that kind of put Utah on the college football map, yeah. put them there. Yeah. And then once you get to the uh, 08 team who won the uh, Sugar Bowl, yeah. I felt like that that kind of sealed the deal to get them into the Pac-12. Now that they're into the Pac-12, that can now get them in, into the national championship conversation. That's correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the part what I'm saying that we still need to prove ourselves to get to that point because we come so close, always come so close. You know, the, you know, the Texas, I really believe we could have beat Texas. We should have beat Texas. Should have beat Texas, yeah. You know, we should have beat but I think Texas was scared and they were ready. I think they were hyped up more than us. I don't know what it was. There's so many factors that you can say on that level, but we should have beat those guys. But I tell you what, they played a great game. And I know that um, we're just going to reload and come at it again. I know that there was a lot of talk and I'll even ask you this as a guy who's actually played the game, mm-hmm. you know, coming off a game like that against Oregon, you, you lose the game. You now know you're not going to the college football playoff. Is there a little bit of a, you know, where guys don't really care anymore because you're not really playing for much when you go to a, a bowl game like the Alamo Bowl? That's where your seniors, you know, step up. That's where your seniors step up. Even if there are some, some juniors who are playing great, you know, and who are going to be the stars on the team the next year. These guys have to show these younger players, like, hey, don't worry about, you know, what's going on and how we lost this game and how we lost that you pick your butt up and let's go. No matter what happens, we're going to make it. We're going to the next championship game. If it's the end of the season, this next season is going to be hard and you're going to work out hard with me. I'm not going to let you just, you know, play patty cake all year or on the off season. You are going to kick butt with me and we're going to do this. So the seniors have to step up and, um, you know, obviously the coaches are going to, they can do so much. They can teach you the system, but you need the leaders of that team to take you to the next level. Absolutely. Are you finding a wall in your house to put a big old plaque that says Hall of Fame? <laughs> I'm working on that. I'm working on that. Yes. <laughs> well, Eddie, it is always great to catch up with you. Obviously, you know, I'm really happy that you're going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame and you really couldn't have been in a, a better class because you're obviously one of the good guys who's played at the University of Utah and to go in with this class. I'm just really happy for you, man. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. Anytime you need anything, man, you give me a call. Appreciate listening to you. You're awesome. And go you, son. Go yeah, you. Absolutely. Go you. Yeah. All right, Eddie. Thanks, man. Thank you, buddy. Have a great night. And All stay right. safe. And there you go. That was Eddie Johnson, former Utah legend, future Hall of Famer. He'll join Alex Smith, Andrew Bogut, and many other Utah legends in the Utah Athletics Hall of Fame. They're hoping to have the ceremony the weekend of the Montana State game. But as you heard Eddie say, that that might not happen. But I thought it was also really cool how Kyle Whittingham wanted to reach out to Eddie Johnson to tell him that he was going to be in the Hall of Fame. So I think that that's just awesome. All right, that will do it for this edition of the Crimson Corner Podcast. Make sure you guys follow me on Twitter. I'm at Trevor A. Sports with all the latest Utah news and also KSL Sports on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And also KSLSports.com is your number one and only stop for the best Utes coverage in the state of Utah. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. This has been the Crimson Corner Podcast.
It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.